when we talk about global missions, uh, typically, this is not unique to us. This would be most any church with a, a vision for missions. They will, they will say there's three ways to partner. One way is to go, and we absolutely support that here. Our mission team uh, and I, and we encourage you to do this as well, are praying that God will raise up uh, people who will be uh, called to go long-term on the field. And he has done that from our midst. We also are praying for our uh, short-term trips. That is uh, another way that we can go. And uh, that is being obedient. Uh, and you, you see there's various opportunities this next year for going short-term. And God may be calling, I, I know he's calling uh, uh, many of you to uh, take part on those trips. A second way is to pray. Philippians 1.19 says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. He's talking about a partnership with those that are praying for him. And, and we're convinced that, that that is a part of all of our calling, every single one of us uh, who are believers in Christ are called to partner in global missions uh, by praying. And then uh, the third way is to, many people say, give. And we are going to talk today in terms of investing. Investing. So let me ask you to stand for the reading of God's word today. Philippians 4, beginning with verse 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. And let's pray together. Lord, will you, in these moments, teach us from your word? You have, for some reason, 
given us a glorious calling. And that is to, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with the world where you have placed us. You don't need us. You never have, never will, but you have chosen to use us. And so we, first of all, thank you for that. But then, Lord, we want to ask that you will help us to to be obedient in this. And so let us hear from you today through your word and your spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the passage that uh, I just read to you from Philippians 4, he is talking about financial support. And as Mark said, if you just happen to, to come in today and visit and you've been thinking about visiting us and, and you, you walked in and, and you hear that and you go, oh, great, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Another one of those churches, that's all, all churches talk about is money. And that's not the case with us, really in the case with most churches, but it's certainly not the case with us. But when we do talk about it, we only want to talk about it according to the way it's taught in the Word of God. And so when we do, we can talk without shame. And so if you are visiting with us, I agree with Mark. Uh, I, we want you to see just a little bit of the heart of, of St. Andrew's Presbyterian because that is our goal, to see his kingdom come, to see people all over this world uh, saying, uh, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. That's what we want. And we've been given such a high privilege to take part in that. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this aspect of it, and that is partnering through finances. Paul wasn't ashamed to talk about it. He, he talked about that partnership, verse 15, with me in giving and receiving. And he talked about how, how that was that was advancing his ministry. Imagine that, being a partner with him. The Philippian believers had entered into a partnership with Paul through a material uh, assistance to him. And that word partnership is the word koinonia. Now, I, I usually don't say Greek words, but when it's one that we will recognize, many of you will recognize that. A lot of churches have koinonia groups or K groups because it, it's talking, uh, koinonia is the Greek word for, for fellowship. Here he's using that in terms of the partnership, the fellowship that they have with him by sending him money. So for them, koinonia wasn't just everybody holding hands and singing kumbaya. It was practical. 
It was, you're making it possible for me to be able to minister because you, you sent me money. And that was a part of God's missionary plan. And it has been all the way down through the centuries. I'm convinced it will be till Jesus comes back. He saw, Paul did, uh, that it was so much of a partnership that whatever reward he would receive, they would have a part in it. Look at verse 17. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. He's saying, when you give to me, you are so much partners that when anything good happens from God, you are a part of that. It's your investment. And that's why we're calling it that rather than just just giving. Did, did, did you notice, if you saw the video, and we'll, we'll try to make that available in other venues, but the video from our, our, uh, many of our missionaries today who talked about how St. Andrews is so much more than just sending dollars. And sometimes when you think of giving, you think, okay, I've written the check, I've given, that's that. It's so much more. And that's why we want to talk about it in terms of investment. When you invest in something, you've got an ongoing interest in it. And so I think that's an appropriate way to look at it. This financial partnership enabled his ministry to continue. Look at uh, uh, verse 18, the first part. I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. Paul is telling them that the financial support that they sent helped provide income to pay his expenses. Isn't that crass? No, it's not. Everybody has expenses, and that's what uh, a number of our missionaries were saying uh, on that video. They were saying, you know, by you giving... We don't have to worry about, uh, about how we're going to pay for our housing and food and, and those kinds of things. They're able to focus on the ministry. And, and that's even really what Paul was saying here. And notice, they didn't just give one time. They gave often. It talks about once and again. Times haven't changed in terms of the need for ongoing missionary support. It costs money for them to go. costs money for them uh, to live and proclaim the gospel. They have ongoing personal and ministry expenditures, and that requires support. Now, as an investor, as an investor, you have a right to know where your dollars go if you gave toward faith mission giving last year. We try to keep uh, everyone informed by our mission moments uh, every week from the pulpit and uh, by uh, prayer requests that are in our worship God and, uh, guide and by sending out 
uh, prayer requests and so on. And uh, we, we've got a beacon that uh, has been prepared. If you didn't get one in Sunday school, they'll be available where you will see uh, all of our, our missionaries and, and, and those kinds of things. You have a, a right to know where your uh, investment goes. But I don't think there was anybody that was in Sunday school this morning that would dispute any money you gave has been a great investment this past year. How encouraging it was in terms of seeing how God is using our little church in the advancement of his kingdom. Now, how do we support all this at St. Andrews? We do it from, through what we call faith mission giving. Uh, many churches call it faith promise giving. So if you've heard of that before, uh, we've just chosen a, a different name. Um, and let me explain what faith mission giving is. Faith mission giving is giving that is, is not based upon money people have. Rather, it's an encouragement to exercise faith in the Lord for the amount each person believes God would have them give month by month in any one year. It's for the support of reaching our world for Christ. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. We think that's the appropriate way. We don't decide for you. It's not just a part of our operating budget saying, well, you don't have to have a heart for missions because we're, we're going to give whether you like missions or not. No, we, we're asking God to develop hearts for mission. So faith mission giving is a commitment to the Lord in which we promise to give an amount of money as God provides for us over and above our regular giving to the world missions uh, ministry of our church. Now, one question could be, is it the same as tithing or, or giving an offering? The answer is no. Faith mission giving is a separate act of giving. You can give it at the same time, and designate it that way, but it should be over and above tithes and offerings. So if you're not tithing, that's where you start, out of obedience to, to the Lord. We can talk about that at another time. That's, that's where you start. And then the faith mission giving goes beyond that, that 10% as God provides. Now you might say, well, I'm giving all I can. Where does faith mission giving money come from? I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> let, me, let me give you several answers where faith mission giving comes from over and above a tithe. It can come from unusual or unexpected provision from God. It may be a bonus, it may be a gift, a rebate, a tax return, or some other windfall that you did not 
expect. One man shared this with me. Last year, we had presented our faith mission giving teaching. He and his wife were, were driving home talking about how much more uh, can we give because they were going to fill out the card the next week and, and turn it in. And they came up with a figure. That was on Sunday. On Monday, he got a notice in the mail that his retirement benefits were to be increased and it was almost the exact same amount that they had decided on by faith. God loves to do that kind of thing. They stepped out on faith. They said, let's give this amount. They, they didn't know where it was going to come from. Now, when you think about it, that, that wasn't, it wasn't like the government all of a sudden on Monday said, well, we need to give more money to this person. This was all in the works. That letter was on its way for it to get there at that time. But God prompted them to come to a figure when they were willing to trust him to give them. Last year, Connie and I received a letter uh, with a check attached to it from a, an electric co-op that we were members of when we lived in Atlanta. That was 13 years ago. And they said, and, and this still blows my mind, because we would have never known, they said if you were a member of the co-op during these years and we hadn't figured the right amount of, of profit and so we are sending you this amount and there, sure enough, was a check. So I, I showed it to Connie and we immediately, and I'm not saying this to, to brag on us, it's bragging on the Lord. We immediately put it into faith mission giving because we had already made that decision. So we didn't have to struggle over it. We didn't have to say, well, what should we do with this money we weren't expecting? And it, so we had, we had decided when we uh, pledged by faith and so it went immediately in there. And there's a freedom in that. We didn't have to struggle with it or, or, or e even wonder, oh, gosh, it sure, sure would be nice to have that money. It's freeing when you tell the Lord, we're going we're gonna to pass this back to you. And you make that decision before you ever know what money is coming in. So that's, that's one way, unusual or unexpected provision. Another way is controlled lifestyle and spending habits. Uh, some choose to live more simply in an area of their life, to cut back on luxuries and so on and, and, and find income there. Instead of Starbucks, go to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I'm not against Starbucks, but that's just an example where you go over there and give the difference. And all of a sudden, it adds up, and you give what you would have paid. In other words, they're, they're making a conscious decision. Here's, here's a way that I can have money that I didn't have last year. One family that I know of each year would take their faith promise money out of their savings. They would pay it up front, 
And then they lived the rest of the year by faith that God would give them back to be able to replenish that money. That's a legitimate way. And his testimony, him and his wife, was, and God always did. You will find God to be faithful in this. I knew a pastor that would go to garage sales and make purchases, and then he would have his own garage sale. I actually bought a bicycle from him one year when we didn't have enough money to, to give our children new, new toys, and I bought an old bike, and he was telling me that this is his, um, his mission money which was a little bit of a bummer because then I didn't want to try to get the price down anymore. (laughs) So I paid him full price, you know. But what a great idea. He He just enjoyed doing that. He would accumulate it, and then he would give that money as his uh, mission giving every year. Another, another way, a third way, so the second way is controlled living and spending habits. Another way is creative strategies for creating income. And some of you can, can do that. Some sell something. Uh, I mentioned garage sales, sell crafts or baked goods, work overtime and so on. Um, one of our ladies uh, here knitted hot pads and sold them. One member who got paid by the job, determined that he would give God the pay from every third job, and he reported, from that time forward, I had more work than I could handle. God loves to answer those kinds of faith steps that we take. I've got dozens of of those stories, and I am encouraged every time I hear them because God is so creative in how he provides for his people who want to step out on faith. So how does this plan uh, of giving work? In the outline on page 8, if you have that, you can see down at the bottom, there's a little section, and this actually shows half of the card that we're going to pass out next week. says, in dependence upon God's grace, I will seek to give blank beyond my tithe toward the global mission outreach of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church during the period of April 1st, 2019 to March 31st, 2020. I understand I will never be asked for it. This is a faith agreement between God and me. And then there is a scripture verse. And the reason I say it's half the card is because next week you'll receive a card that, that has that exact same thing and a perforation in between. So whatever number God leads you to, you'll put it in both places and then tear it apart and give half and then you'll be able to remember and pray about that which you believe God has led you to give. Now what I want you to notice about that is that on that card, there's no place for a name. We don't want you to put your name. This is between you and the Lord. And so we are trusting that you have prayed about it, you've put a number down, and then we actually take those numbers, we add them up, and we make our budget by faith that God will provide through his people by faith 
for the next year, supporting our missionaries in the various works that we do. That's how it works. You're accountable only to God for your follow-through on that promise. By the way, if God doesn't provide for you, you don't have to give it. God always provides. He loves to do that. And our, our faith, Connie and I, our faith has grown from doing this. How do I decide how much to promise to give as God provides? That's another great question. It's between you and God. If you're married, it's between uh, you and your spouse and God. And here are some principles. First of all, pray, pray, pray. Ask God to help you to know. And some will ask, how much should I give? And I want to suggest that that's actually the wrong question. Instead of how much should I give, I think the right question is, how much does God want me to give? It's a subtle difference, but it takes the focus off of you and on God. How much does he want us to give? And then when you come up with, you, you determine that as much as possible by faith, then it won't be just what can I spare what can I give without noticing? It'll be what will God provide to stretch me as his child? Don't ask how much you can afford, but how much can you trust God to provide? Because he's the one with the resources. And I want to encourage you to, to make your commitment big enough to avoid it, it being influenced by worldly values. It needs to be an amount that you're going to have to trust God for. Begin by examining what would be possible from a human point of view and, and then ask God to give you faith to go beyond that. And then back to the passage in, in verse 18 again. Our giving entails an act of worship. He calls it a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. A fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice. That describes the Old Testament sacrifices which worshipers would offer to God to express their devotion to him, and Paul is actually saying this is parallel with those kinds of sacrifices. Not that it's a sacrifice if God provides it for you, but it, it is an act of worship showing our devotion to him. And then speaking of the partnership, it required trust in God. Verse 19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now notice the promise. He will supply all your needs. Connie and I have been doing faith mission giving for a long time. And God has always provided 
And he's always provided for our needs, and he's always provided above and beyond what we had promised. Now, I was thinking about that this week. And I have never added up what we have given in our 42 years of marriage. Which, by the way, I don't recommend you, you do either. But I was thinking about that this week. I, I don't remember what we gave in, in our early years, but I, I certainly remember the last number of years. And there could be, there could be the temptation to, to add it up and say, whoa, look what we could have bought or where we could have traveled or something like that. You know what the problem with that is? I don't believe we would have had that money. Because God had provided it to us to give to him. And I don't think if our, our plan was just to get a, another car or, or, or take a trip or something like that, I don't think he would have entrusted us with that. So I want to encourage you to avoid that temptation. Because we're talking about something that he gives to us and we return to him. And I hope that encourages you. This faith mission giving should not be a burden for us. If we are a child of the living God and if we are committed to see the gospel go around the world, it's not up to you, but to God to provide. That's what Paul is saying here. And, and he, he's got it. Don't worry. He's got it. And then he will get all the glory when you give it. There's a principle in Scripture. It's reinforced uh, everywhere because... When we think about the, the, the promise, here's what Proverbs 11.25 says. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. The church that makes missionary giving a priority will see God meet its needs. I am thoroughly convinced of that. Some will say, well, we have our own needs to take care of. We can't afford to give to missionaries. That'll only take from our church budget. I'm convinced that the church that lives by faith will support those outside of themselves and trust God to supply its own local needs. I am thoroughly convinced of that. Now, last year, uh, the amount that our congregation promised by faith was $236,606. We still have several weeks when you can give. If you, if you haven't, if, if uh, you're a little behind on that, we're, we're very close. And, you know, I would love to see us at least do that this year. But you know what? Even my bigger goal, personal, from a personal perspective, 
would be not even a, a dollar amount, though I, I really want to see us, uh, you know, be able to support all those that we've been able to. But I'd like to see every member take part. And it's not just so we'll get more dollars, because your faith will grow if you do this. And, and I, I don't care if, you know, if you're going to ask that question, how much can God provide for me this next year over and above my tithe. If you only think he can provide a dollar this next year, then write down one dollar and turn it in next week or a dollar a month or ten dollars. or You know, I, I'm not talking about amount here. I want to encourage every single person. Now, some of you are going to say, well, I will give, but I don't want to put anything down because I don't want them to count on it. Where's the faith there? <laughs> I mean, that's the point is that our mission team is proceeding by faith as well. So even if you've never done this before, I, I want to encourage you to ask God what he will provide for you. What does he want you to give this next year? William Carey of England, who was called the, the father of modern missions, went to India in 1793. There, there wasn't a, a lot of missionary societies. There weren't any at that time. There wasn't mission to the world and, and, and pioneers and all these great organizations that are around now, so this was, a, this was a new concept. But Carrie prayed over the, the needs of an unreached world, and God laid India on his heart. At a commissioning service for Carrie and his colleague in 1793, one of Carrie's friends exclaimed, There's a gold mine in India but it seems almost as deep as the center of the earth. To which Carrie replied, I will venture down, but remember, you must hold the ropes. As we partner with our missionaries around the world, we are called on to hold the ropes for them. Let's ask God to give us faith to do that. Let's bow together. Lord, I'm quite sure for some this is a totally new concept. For others, it's, it's a fearsome thing to think about doing. Will you, Lord, stretch our faith in this? Will you enable us, everyone here who is a child of the living God, enable us to trust you to provide something for us to give toward global missions? And then, Lord, as we trust you with that, will you show us how true your word is that you will supply all of our needs?
out of your riches. And Lord, help this not to be a burdensome thing, but a freeing thing as we grow in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.